Predict, pick, and prevail in your fantasy football leagues with Nick Giacobbe and Nick Cap. From breakouts to busts, superstars to sleepers, these are the guys that will help you achieve fantasy glory. This is the Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Welcome everybody to Season 2, Episode 53 of the Primetime Fantasy Podcast, where we give you our predictions, our picks, with hopes that we help you prevail throughout Week 10 and the rest of the 2022 Fantasy Football Season. I'm your host, Nick Giacobbe. Joining me, as always, is Nick Cap. What up, Nick? What's going on? I didn't have a question or anything for you today. I got That's nothing. it? That's all I got. Uh, I got a question for you later on in this episode, so that'll oh, be I'm fun. sure you do. I, I think here's the fun thing. Um, for, for your first first time listeners, obviously this will be new to you, but for our recurring listeners, we do our all boom and all bust teams, and we've orchestrated it where we have to pick different players almost. So every week, sometimes we have three or four players to change. I think this week we each only have to change one. I think. Could be wrong on that, but anyway. Um, so only have to change one. So if you only have to change one, then we're going in pretty blind to yeah. this one. Yeah, that's uh, it's pretty cool. So anyway, that'll be a lot of fun. Um, this is our Friday show. We do a whole injury and news segment to prepare you for uh, for the upcoming weekend um, with the latest news that we can. And we're recording Thursday night at about 5.30. So I'll be honest, it's not the most up-to-date injury news, but it's the best that we could do. Um, follow Adam Schefter, Ian Rappaport, et cetera, for, you know, more up-to-date news throughout the weekend. Um, and then we do our all-boom, all-bust teams. Players that we think could boom on the week. Players that we think that, that could bust on the week. And then we end the show with our flex on them segment. One player from each side of the ball during each game. We tell you which one you'd rather play in our flex spot. So, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun. We enjoy these Friday shows. If this is your first time listening to us, thank you so much. We do the show on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. I just told you what we do on the Friday shows. We also have a sixth show. It's our live show. Sunday mornings, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. It's a lot of fun. Um, we love answering your fantasy football questions, and that's the main goal. We want the questions coming in the entirety of the hour, hour and a half. We usually go to about 9.30, 10 o'clock. Depending on our schedules and depending on if there's a morning game, and there most certainly is a morning game this week, my Seahawks are playing. Uh, so we will answer every question that we can up until 9.30, and then as, as when the last question comes in, I will go watch the Seahawks. Probably lose to the Bucks, honestly. Um, but anyway, uh, we, we want to answer your fantasy questions, so please join us this Sunday and every Sunday, 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time, Facebook, Twitter, and or YouTube. YouTube and Facebook is Primetime Fantasy Podcast. Twitter is Primetime FF Pod. If this is your first time listening to us and you're listening on an audio streaming platform, um, we're available on all of them, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. If you're on iTunes or Spotify, please give us a five-star rating and a review. It really does help us out and boost that algorithm up. If you'd rather watch and listen to the show like you would on the Sunday morning, go to our YouTube channel, Primetime Fantasy Podcast, where every episode is uploaded. If you're watching this video, drop a like on it, please. If you're you know, not subscribed to our channel yet, please subscribe. We'd appreciate that. And, and yeah, thanks for all that. Keep connecting with us on social media. We'll be dropping our all boom and all bust teams and other fun stuff throughout the weekend. Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Primetime, FFPod, then Facebook and YouTube, Primetime Fantasy Podcast. News and injury updates. First bit of news with the Raiders who were just a mess. They're going to be a top 10 pick in the draft. They're, they're a real mess. First off, Darren Waller with the hamstring injury. I don't think he's played in a couple weeks, and now he's going on the IR. He's, going to, he's not playing for another four weeks, which puts him at week 13, right before the playoffs, I think. So I, I think it's... I, I, it's between him and Kyle Pitts, our biggest tight end bust of the year for sure. Um, 
My thoughts on this are, are hamstring injuries linger. We see what's going on with Keenan Allen, obviously. I'm not surprised about this move. And aside from that, uh, go pick up Foster Moreau if you need a tight end. He was effective uh, last year when, when Darren Waller was out a couple games. So, yeah, um, what are your thoughts on this one, Nick? Um, I'm very annoyed because I've traded for every player that had a major injury um, oh, so dear. far this year. Michael Thomas, I traded for in two leagues, uh, lost him for the year. Darren Waller, I traded for in a league, now lose him for, you know, Good chance the rest of the season. Like, if he's still dealing with the hamstring, they're not going to play him when they have a top pick in the draft. Um, I'm pissed. But um, I don't think Foster Moreau is too trustable. Uh, he hasn't had a game over 10 points, even with the Waller injury. So they're not targeting him enough. I think Devontae Adams clearly is the biggest benefactor. Um, I know there's another receiver injury over there that I'll, I'll throw to Nick to transition to, and then I'll speak on that one. Yeah, so another injured player on the Raiders, Hunter Renfro with an oblique injury is going on IR again out four weeks. Another bust on the season. And he was drafted in the later round. So I wouldn't say his ADP was out of this world. I don't even I don't I don't know if I could call him a bust because he was drafted so late. I think, you know, rounds uh nine to sixteen, I think are players that you hope to get something out of but may not. So I don't even know if I could call him a bust, but it's a major downgrade from his stats last year when he was the wide receiver 17. Yeah. Um, my, my big takeaway is to go pick up Mac Hollins because in games with Renfro, he's been effective, but, but with games without Renfro, um, he's been very, very effective. So without Darren Waller, without uh, Hunter Renfro, um, I think Mac Hollins could be a, re a really good flex play most weeks. He doesn't have a tough matchup this week against Indy, then a tough one against Denver, but then after that, Seattle, the Chargers, the Rams, and the Rams have gotten better against wide receivers. I do want to note New England. Um, and then the playoffs, he will have Pittsburgh, but then San Francisco, Kansas City. So um, looking at it now, the Raiders have a really insanely tough schedule. Do they have two wins right now? Because they're not going to win a lot of games this year. They're, they they're do really have not. two. What, what I find so interesting is last year they were the fifth seed. Um, they added Devontae Adams, and all of a sudden they have one of the worst rosters in the NFL. Like it, not, Something doesn't add up here. Obviously, it's got to be the coach. Um, but like we went from talking about Derek Carr being in a potential MVP candidate, like having the best year of his career. Um, even that, that Bozo, I don't, I don't mean he's a Bozo because I actually enjoy his content, but Colin Coward said he's a hall of famer after this year. Like <laughs> there's a very good shot. They draft a quarterback with one of the top three picks and Derek Carr winds up being a veteran that goes to Indy or to Pittsburgh. Or replaces Tom Brady if he chooses to retire. Like I'm, uh, I was on the train of Derek Carr having a really good year, and he hasn't. I don't know if it's McDaniel's, but like all the pieces are there. So yeah. No. So for me, it's a tough rest of season schedule. I think Mac Collins is the better play. The biggest problem is they've been like competing in games and losing the games. Like they've been up, so you can't even say like you know Derek Carr is. They don't use Josh Jacobs. I mean, they don't use their 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 yeah, pro bowl it running. It makes back. no sense, and I, I wouldn't so. be surprised. I don't expect McDaniel's to have a job next year. You can't take the five seed, add a superstar receiver, um, and turn that team into one of the worst teams in the. And I, didn't they pay Devontae Adams too? Like I think he was. Yeah, they offered him a thirty so, million dollars. Yeah, extension. so they traded and extended him. So, well, that's, that's bizarre. Um, last bit of news here. Derek Henry is not practiced on Wednesday or Thursday for personal reasons. I believe. I think he was excused from practice. I'm not super worried. It wasn't for injury reasons, as was stated, but it is something to monitor as we don't know what's going on. So, um, All right, now going to the injury report again. This is as of Thursday night, 5.30 Eastern time. This is all the news that I could pull out of um, out of Thursday. And um, I actually have some news to add here. I'm, I'm looking because the, the, the West Coast team's reports are coming out now. So did not practice Thursday. Josh Allen, elbow. Pretty major. Got to see what happens on Friday. Got to hear what McDermott says. 
Um, they, they, they're also a one o'clock game on Sunday. I thought they were a Sunday night game and I felt like an idiot, um, on our, our last podcast on Thursday. Cause I, I said, you have to play Heineke basically if you don't play Josh Allen. Cause I thought they were the Sunday night game, but you should have options if you know they're in the one o'clock slate. Um, David Njoku also has not practiced with the high ankle sprain on both Wednesday and Thursday. Seems like he's not going to play, even though he said he planned on it. So that sucks for him in a really favorable matchup. Uh, Mike Williams did not practice Thursday as expected with the high ankle sprain. I don't think he plays for another two weeks. Keenan Allen with a hamstring injury, who was day-to-day, also did not practice again on Thursday. I-, I can't see Keenan Allen playing. I'm almost surprised he's not on IR unless they expect him coming back within four weeks. So do you have any uh, thoughts on these players that are probably not uh, playing this week? Um, the Joku, I do think, is going to be out. I know he said like he has a shot. Um, but I do think he's going to be a very good play down the stretch. He was on pace for a 1,000-yard season before the injury. So um, – there's only two other tight ends that have done that consistently, which has been Travis Kelsey and Mark Andrews. So um, if I were the Darren Waller owner and I see David Njoku's not going to play and someone's going to be frustrated about it, I think he's worth trading for. So do mon- monitor him very closely. Yep. We'll talk more Josh Allen on the Sunday morning live show. Same with uh, Keenan Allen um, until they're officially ruled out. I don't think we want to say more, but again, Sunday morning, 830 AM Eastern time. We'd love to talk about quarterback streamers. Um, and other options as, as well. Um, Joshua Palmer is a good play this week. Um, well, maybe. Anyway, um, limited practices. Kyler Murray returned to practice with a hamstring injury, um, so he practiced this week. Ezekiel Elliott his first practice this week with a knee injury. These are on Thursday again. Um, DeAndre Swift had um, ankle and shoulder back-to-back limited practices on Wednesday and Thursday. Same with Damian Pierce with a shoulder and chest injury. Then there's Brandon Cooks, who didn't practice Wednesday and did practice Thursday with a wrist injury. Um, some other ones, I don't have updates on these players. I, I just couldn't find them. I don't, I don't know. If, I couldn't find the practice report, but I, I do want to note it. Um, oh, here's a big one that I just saw. Uh, Matthew Stafford did not practice today. He's still in concussion protocol. So that, that is a pretty big one. Um, you know what, Nick? Let, let's take a minute here because there's two big quarterbacks that seem like they're going to go out. Um, who, who's a streamer option that you really like this week that might be available on waiver wires? Uh, that's a good question. Let me pull up the schedule. I don't know if you have someone in your mind. I don't. So, you know, what? I keep talking about injuries while you do that. I know I put you on the spot. Um, so here are some players that were limited in practice on Wednesday. I don't see a report on them now. So I'm assuming they're either, either limited on Thursday or they're off the injury report. Rhonda Moore with a hand injury. Ellen Lazard with a shoulder. Evan Ingram with a back injury was limited on Thursday again. So he's good to go. Adam Thielen with a knee injury and Mike Evans with a ribs and ankle injury. They all should be good to go on Sunday. Full practice. Jonathan Taylor went full again. That's wonderful. He's good to go. Great match against those crappy Raiders on Sunday. Then Ryan Tannehill with the ankle injury. Doesn't look like it's time for Malik Wills to shine. Um, Tannehill probably gets the start against crap. I forget who they're facing. Is it Indy? No, Denver. It's Indy. Denver. It is Denver. Yeah. There we go. All right. Um, any quarterbacks that you're liking right now that might be available on uh, some waiver wires? So I do like Jared Goff going up against the Bears, too. It just absolutely torched that secondary. The defense didn't look nearly the same after they traded two-star players at the deadline. Um, so Goff, I think, has some good upside. Um, Russell Wilson, he's on a lot of waiver wires. Tennessee's not very good against quarterbacks, so he could be a good play. Um, Daniel Jones against the Texans. Texans have actually been pretty good to quarterbacks, but they allow a lot of rushing attempts. And Daniel Jones has been one of the leading rushers at quarterback this year. So um, that has a lot of upside there. Um, and that's probably it for the streamers, I think. I'm, I'm looking into one right now, just seeing if it's a, a dumb take or a good take. Um, I, I can't I can't find these. 
Oh, I see it. I'm sorry. This is a good take. I'm going to stick with this one. How about Jacoby Brissett? Jacoby Brissett's facing the Miami Dolphins, who's allowed the most fantasy points to quarterbacks. He had 20 uh, against, against Cincinnati before the bye. Um, I'll be honest, his other stat lines aren't promising. But if you really need a quarterback and you're like a, a you know a 12 or 14 man league, um, I, I think that's one you could uh, that could go with. He's only owned in 10% of ESPN fantasy leagues. So I'm, I'm looking for guys that are owned in very low leagues. Um, here's another one: uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. The Chargers' defense has not been good this year at all. Jimmy Garoppolo, though, um, 17, 16, 16, 18. I mean, it's more than Aaron Rodgers has had. Um, only owned in 30% of leagues. Um, I'll give you, I'll give you one last word. Pitts, Pittsburgh has been horrendous to quarterbacks in, in all offensive skill position players. Um, Andy Dalton's only owned in 15% of leagues. Um, he had 10 against Baltimore, which wasn't great. Other two weeks before that, 25 and 17. So um, I'm giving you deep guys, but Andy Dalton, Jimmy Garoppolo, and Jacoby Brissett, if you really need a streamer, um, I think those are guys to to go for. Um, Russell Wilson's only at 50%. I think he's probably owned in most competitive leagues, but Russell Wilson's another one that, that Nick mentioned as well. All right. Let's move on to our all boom and all bust teams. Nick, who is your all boom quarterback for week 10? So we both spoiled our quarterbacks a little bit. Uh, we both did. Yeah. <laughs> on yesterday's episode. I don't remember who yours was. So honestly, I don't remember the story. Which is interesting because I was going to make this one the question, but I chose not to do it. Um, I am going with Kyler Murray. Um, yes, you did spoil it. Yep. Yeah. Now I remember. So I know he's dealing with a little bit of a hamstring injury, and I know that was kind of the concern. Like, how is Kyler Murray going to deliver with when he probably can't run as well? Well, in the last game he played against the Rams, he only ran the ball two two times, and he threw for over 300 yards. So his pocket presence was good against the Rams this past time. And I said, all right, is that a one-off? Like, he only ran twice against them? And it was. But in the last two, their last two games last year, um, with DeAndre Hopkins, I'll mind you, he had over 300 yards. He averaged over 300 passing yards in each of those. The low, the low game was 270. The other one was like 338. And he was averaging two touchdowns a game. On top of that, he averaged 50 rushing yards per game against them last year. This time, now he gets DeAndre Hopkins, who absolutely owns Jalen Ramsey. So, uh, right now with DeAndre Hopkins in his three tough matchups against Seattle, um, the Vikings, and New Orleans, Kyler Murray's averaging over 20 points per game. So. I know that there's been concern for Kyler Murray, but since DeAndre Hopkins has been back in town, he hasn't had a problem. And in his last three games against uh, the Rams, he's had no problem passing the ball. So I think Kyler Murray is a safe play. I think a lot of people are going to fade him this week. Um, I'm not concerned. I I think he has a lot of potential to go off for another 20-plus point game. I'm going to play devil's advocate because I'm a Kyler Murray owner, and I'm I'm, I'm worried about Kyler Murray. Um, I understand the points that you make, but the Rams have – uh, only surrendered the eighth least fantasy points to quarterbacks. Um, their defense has looked much better in the last four weeks. Um, all the stats that were bad against the Rams defense have kind of turned around in the last four or five weeks. Um, dealing with the injury, obviously. And I don't know if you saw the clips on Twitter today, about him and, and DeAndre Hopkins yelling at each other on the sidelines in the last game. Um, this almost looks like a broken team to me. And that scares me a little bit. So I hope you're right about Kyler Murray. Cause I am playing him over Tom Brady, but. Um, I, I do have some um, apprehensions about him this week. So we'll, we'll see. I mean, you, yeah. you, you, you nailed your boom quarterback last week and um, <laughs> I'm, I'm stealing your boom quarterback. I'm stealing Justin Fields. Who's been the best quarterback in fantasy football over the past four weeks. He's averaging the most points over the last four weeks and they've gone up and up and up. And Nick, do you know what defense they are facing this week? Um, I did because I wanted to use fields. 
They are facing the Detroit Lions defense that's given up the most points in the NFL this season. They give up the third most points to fantasy quarterbacks. Basically, every offensive position should be played against the Lions. They're really, really bad. Um, Fields has averaged 27 points over the last four weeks, and the Lions have allowed over um, have allowed a quarterback to score over 20 against them four times this season. This is a match made in heaven. If you picked up uh, Justin Fields this week, I'm not sure how many quarterbacks I'd play over him, if I'm being honest with you, Nick. Like, I, I, even if you have an elite quarterback, like, I'm not playing. I'll play Fields over Justin Herbert. Um, Herbert has a really great matchup. Like, I mean, a really bad matchup. I, I think the only quarterbacks I might play over Fields this week are Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes. That's because you play them every week. But I think every other quarterback this week can be benched for Justin Fields. And I don't know if you have a thought on that, but I'm curious what you think of that. Um, my actual take was the only quarterback I would play over him rest of season would probably be uh, Josh Allen, um, where I would lock him in rest of the season and not base it off matchup. Um, so I totally agree on a week to week basis. Justin Fields could has the he has the QB one potential, um, and the only quarterback I probably wouldn't consider benching for him would be Josh Allen. When Mahomes sees the uh, the Broncos again later in the year, I'd consider benching him for Justin Fields. I don't know the matchups. Yeah, um, and uh, Jay. I like Jalen Hurts, but Jalen Hurts against Dallas and against the Giants later in the year. Um, I don't know if I'm as confident as I would be in Justin Fields versus his opponent. If, if, if Fields will also have some tough matchups, but anyway, yeah. So we both agree on that. All right, who's your first boom running back for uh, Week Ten? I'm going with Playoff Lenny. He's someone that I haven't given any love at all on this podcast um, in the two years that we've done it. But over the last and over the last three weeks, he struggled, but he's still the RB nine on the season. And he's not getting the volume in the rushing game, but in the passing game, he's still seeing a lot of targets. Um, in the last seven games, he has 43. That's a very high number for a running back. So off pure volume alone, he's going to execute. And Seattle is terrible against running backs. He's going over to Germany. He's going to go have his chance to shine out there. And typically those away games, they wind up being a little more high scoring and competitive than you'd think. Um, and in those competitive games, they're going to have to run the ball and Brady's going to continue checking down to his running back. So, I think Leonard Fournette's someone you got to lock in, even though he's had concerns the last few weeks. I think he's a solid play, and I'm not too concerned. All right. Um, I don't know if this guy should be on all boom teams, but he's going to be because he's been a, a bust this season. I'm going with Jonathan Taylor. He's facing the Raiders' defense that's allowed the seventh most fantasy points, the running backs. Taylor's been outscored by Naheem Hines a couple times this season. I know Hines isn't there at the moment, and we'll, I guess he won't be there, but... He's been a bust, and I, I think this is the game that Jonathan Taylor turns his season around. And if you drafted Jonathan Taylor, you know, first overall, second overall, I think this is the game that you've been waiting for. Really great matchup. New head coach, rookie quarterback. Um, Deion Jackson's also not going to play, probably. This is the matchup that you have to use, uh, Jonathan Taylor, if you're uh, the new head coach. Um, what's his name again? Uh, Saturday. Saturday, yeah. Um, he's a former offensive lineman. He, he played center for Peyton Manning and he played center for Aaron Rodgers. So uh, I, I think he probably knows the importance of running the ball, especially with a rookie quarterback. So I think they lean on the run game in this one. And uh, I think Jonathan Taylor should have a really good day. And if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But um, I, I think I think this is the week he has to boom. And if he doesn't, I don't know if he booms again this season. Did you see um, the reports out of the Colts um, camp for what Saturday is going to do at quarterback? No. He has no clue. <laughs> So he doesn't know if he wants to roll with Matt Ryan, Sam Ellinger, and Nick Foles. But it sounds like he's going to give each of them an equal opportunity to go get that starting job. So if they're reassessing quarterback, they have uh, to run Matt Ryan better in that offense. Yeah. 
All right. Uh, who's your second boom running back for week 10? I'm going with Jeff Wilson. I called him a league winner a couple weeks ago, and I think he just showed us this past week why. Um, Cleveland is bottom five against running backs this week. And in his first week with the Finns, he scored 16 points, splitting a 50-50 snap share uh, with Raheem Mostert. They clearly traded for a running back for a reason. I think I think Wilson's clearly going to take over this backfield over the next two weeks. I think you're going to see a 70-30 split leaning Wilson's way. He was very, very talented in uh, San Francisco, who does rotate their running backs like crazy. Um, but guess what offense he's in? The Mike McDaniel system. And what's the Mike McDaniel system? Uh, well, he comes from the Kyle Shanahan system. He knows Jeff Wilson. Jeff Wilson knows that this system, it's a system that he's used um, in San Francisco. So they both know each other very well. I like the, I like the tandem of them together. I think he's going to execute. I think he is going to be a league winner. Um, and I think this is a perfect opportunity for him. I'm not, I'm not going to fade him. I'm just going to lock him in. I'm going to call him a league winner. I'm going to call it now. I do think that there is potential in trading for him. I don't know how high people will value him, but I, I would I would definitely be willing to take the risk. All right. For my second running back uh, boom of the week, I have a pair of running backs. I'm kind of cheating, but that's what we're doing here. I have the Lions running backs. Uh, the Bears gonna... have allowed the fourth. What happened? I was going to do that. The Lions have the fourth. I've allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. Uh, seven backs have scored over 15 uh, fantasy points against the Chicago Bears. Wait, wait, wait. Oh, against the okay. Yeah, because you said you want the Lions, and then you said the Lions allow the fourth most. So Oops, are you I taking the, the Lions running backs or the Bears running? I'm backs? taking the Lions running okay, backs. Good. The Bears okay. have allowed the fourth most fantasy points to running backs. Seven running backs have scored over 15 fantasy points against the Chicago Bears. Uh, Jamal Williams has been effective. Five out of eight games, he's had over double digit fantasy points. This is the third game that DeAndre, DeAndre Swift is back from injury. Um, he's got to be close to 100% at this point. Um, so I know owners are a little bit worried about playing Swift, but I think they're both good plays this week. I think they both go over double digits. I can't really tell you which one's going to score more because it's just whoever scores the touchdown. Um, I, I would bank on Jamal Williams scoring a rushing touchdown from the one because I'd like to do that, but I wouldn't be shocked if, if, if Swift scored a receiving touchdown. So I think they both go over 10 fantasy points in this one. They lean on the running backs. The Lions can win this football game, and who knows, maybe it'll be a good old shootout uh, in the NFC North. Who's your first uh, wide receiver boom of the week? I am going with a guy that's been on this list maybe far too much, but he's been I feel on like both we rotate sides the same couple of guys. There's just, you know. I mean, it's the same few people that, you know, are flexible in some of yeah. them, right? Like, yeah. We're trying some, to put some flex player, reach, right? Sometimes right. we reach deeper. Like I reach deeper on two of these guys um, for the rest of the list. But anyway, I'm going with Amari Cooper. Um, the He's going up against, uh, sorry, I didn't write the name down, but it's a bottom 10 team against wide the wide receiver position. Um, the and Dolphins. on top of that, he's earned 35 targets over the last four weeks. He's been averaging 17 points per game over that span. Um, and despite having Jacoby Brissett at quarterback, who ranks 37th in QB accuracy, um, he's he's been incredible. So 20 so um, 20 percent of his total targets so far have been deemed non-catchable balls. And now he's coming off the bye. Um, and he's three games away from going into Deshaun Watson's uh, return, which could absolutely be electric. His playoff stretch is Baltimore, New Orleans, and uh, Washington. All three of those teams rank bottom 10th against the wide receiver position. Amari Cooper and Donovan Peoples-Jones have true league-winning potential because of favorable matchups, and I'm not going to fade Amari Cooper now. He's been a model for inconsistency in the past, but he's only got two bad games this year. And they came in the first four weeks of this offense. All right. That's, that's pretty fair. All right. Um, 
I have a couple of receivers here. I don't know who I want to start with, but I'll start with uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, another guy who's constantly on this list for bad or for worse, or good, good or bad, I should say. And, and I think he's only, only going to be on the good side going forward. In his last three games, he, he's at over 17-plus fantasy points in all three of them. On top of that, facing those Jacksonville Jaguars who have allowed the ninth-most fantasy points to wide receivers. Last week, Devontae Adams had a monster stat line, 39 fantasy points in ESPN Standard Leagues. Uh, Juju could go nuclear in this one. Kelsey could have a really good game. Um, the other receivers can get involved. If you're facing Mahomes, I think you're in for a really rough day. Um, this is going to be really good for the Chiefs all around and really bad for the Jags, but that's just kind of how it goes sometimes. Who is your second wide receiver boom of the week? Um, I'm going to go a little further down. He's still a wide receiver, but just to piggyback off next points, I'm going with McCole Hardman. He was my pretty much my reach of the week. Like Nick said, Jacksonville is one of the worst teams against wide receiver, but over Hardman's last four games, he's gone over 12 points in all of them. We've never seen this kind of consistency out of him, so why would you stop from playing him now? He had nine targets this past week coming off the bye. There's no way he's not going to maintain this like level with the amount of snapshot that he is. Do I fear Kadarius Tony taking over? Maybe down the stretch, but over the last three games, he has five touchdowns, two on the ground. So he's still getting red zone usage as a like as a runner. So as long as he's getting this level of usage and this kind of consistency, this is the first time I think in his career fantasy owners can trust him as a play. All right. My second wide receiver boom of the week is going to be Darnell Mooney. I'm going to put a stack, and Nick knows I don't love stacks, but you know <laughs> what? It's, it's time to put some respect on Mooney's name a little bit. Um, a guy who's probably dropped after week three or four. In his last six games, he's had over 50 fans, uh, fifty yards in five out of those six. Um, this is since week four. He's been averaging 11.6 fantasy points, and that's fan. He's also had five-plus targets in each game. We love to see that. The targets are increasing. On top of that, as I stated before, they're facing the Lions defense. They've allowed the fourth-most fantasy points to wide receivers. Um, it seems like almost every week a wide receiver is throwing up a 20-bomb against the Lions. That could be Mooney this week. Justin Fields is a good play. Darnell Mooney's a good play. Uh, Montgomery is a good play. And if you need a tight end, I think Cole Komet's playable as well. So uh, play them all against the lines this is the last bear that I have. But uh, if you have Mooney on your, on your, on your team and you're looking for a flex play, I think Mooney's the one to go for. Is it a, a lion as well? Or, uh, or no, you Did have I any more lions on the list? Uh, I don't think Man, I, know you, you, I know you're targeting that matchup and I don't blame you. Cause that, that's going to be a shootout. You're but. right. Yeah. That, yeah. I'm going all in on it at that point. All right. Uh, who's your, who's you your uh, put some first money on uh, the over over there? Um, my next yeah. receiver is Christian Kirk. It's your flex, and, right? Or is it your receiver? Flex, uh, right? That is my flex. Yeah. Yeah. My so first, flex. first flex spot. First flex spot. I have uh, Christian Kirk, uh, Kansas city, just as well as we said, um, Jacksonville's bad receiver. So are the chiefs. And it's more so because that they're always playing from a heading game. So teams are constantly playing from behind. Guess what? I know last week I said the jets will constantly be pay- playing from behind against the, the bills. And I was wrong. Thankfully. Well, guess what? There's no damn way that Jacksonville can hang with uh, with Patrick Mahomes in that offense. They're going to be playing from behind. And Christian Kirk's stat line, I know it's been inconsistent, but the volume has been consistent. He's averaging about eight targets per game over the entire season. That has not faded at all. Jacksonville's going to play from behind, and over the last three games, he's averaging 15 points in games where he has been playing from behind. I'm not concerned for him. I'm locking him in. And Nick, I do want to ask you for one favor when you do your next player. Yeah, what do you got? Do the player that I know. Uh, Sutton, right? You know Sutton. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Um, let's ride. I guess. Uh, Cortland <laughs> Sutton's been really bad over the past four games. I think he's only had like fifty receiving yards and no touchdowns. 
This is the one that we could turn things around. The Titans' defense is horrendous against wide receivers. They just allowed Juju to have, I think, 22, I think, last week. If you know, It was over 17. I know that. I don't, know the, I don't remember the exact number. Um, Titans have allowed the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. On top of that, Broncos are coming off a bye. Um, they had that win against Jacksonville and London where they came back. Um, and they're coming off the bye. Hopefully, Russell Wilson's a bit healthier. Hopefully, the team itself is healthier. And hopefully, they worked on some stuff. And, and maybe this could be the the jolt of, uh, of adren- adrenaline that they need for this season. And, and Russell Wilson was favoring Cortland Sutton the first few games of the season and then kind of switched to Jerry Judy. He did that sometimes in Seattle with DK and Lockett. Um, I think the next three games will really tell us which wide receiver in this offense is going to be playable every week and which one is, is to steer clear from. Um, so I think both receivers should be played this week. I'm going to go with Cortland Sutton though. Um, and, and if he plays bad this week, then, uh, it's going to be really, really hard to trust him going forward. All right. So there's a reason I asked you to do that, that one. Sure. Um, uh, because I was planning on going with my craziest stack of all time of going with Cortland Sutton and Jerry, and Jerry Judy. Judy wow. So I am going to play Jerry Judy as well. I guess we're both targeting the same, uh, players on teams, but I got no problem with it. We know the better matchups. We know who we'd rather play. Anyway, I was going to go with Sutton and Jerry Judy, and I'm going with Jerry Judy for pretty much every reason Nick stated. Uh, they, they've looked – they've looked, both have looked very good at different points of the season, and I don't I don't think both have really put it together outside of like the first four or five weeks of the year where they were both playing very solid. Um, but I think it's time to get right back on track. After this past win over in the U.K., then they get a bye week. It's a get-right game, and they're going up against the Titans who have allowed the 30th uh, – the I guess it's the second or third most points to the wide receiver position. I think both are a lock for Jerry Judy. He's averaging eight targets over the last eight games. That's insane production for a wide receiver. In my opinion, the second best receiver on that team. Um, And Russell Wilson's had no problem getting the ball down the field. They just had problems in the red zone. And it seemed like they were able to fix it this uh, two weeks ago, maybe coming off the bye, They do look a little bit better. Um, I know me and Nick are big, uh, big Russell Wilson guys. And I think it's time that they get right back on track. I think it's time for Broncos country to ride. Yep. Anyway, uh, my last flex play is Devontae Smith. Um, he's had a rough few weeks because the Eagles like to run the ball a lot, and it seems like only one one wide receiver can boom on that team, and that's okay. Um, but he had 30 points the last time he faced the Washington Commanders. That was in week three. Now they're facing those Washington Commanders again on Monday Night Football. Uh, the Commanders allow the seventh most fantasy points to wide receivers. Justin Jefferson just had a really good game against them. I think Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown can both do that on Monday night. I think it's a really big offensive game for the Eagles. Um, I don't know how big it's going to be for the Commanders, but for the Eagles side, um, it should be a really big game for them. Who is your tight end, your tight end boom of the week? I'm going with Kate Odden. I decided to dig a little bit deeper for the tight ends because, and I, I'm sorry if I violate you on this, we always typically pick near that top five, top ten, be a little bit safer, but – I wanted to reach down a little bit. He's projected like the 20th most points at the tight end position. I think that's way too low. Seattle is awful against the tight end position, one of the worst in the league. And he's averaging over five carries per game in the last five games. And guess where tight end university is? It's over in Germany, I think. Uh, that's exactly where I'm going to say it is. <laughs> anyway, Kate Odden's touchdown season for this guy. He got one last week, scored 19. And I think uh, Brady tries to give the young buck one more in this matchup. So did you change your tight end? I did not. I stayed firm at this. Okay. I texted our anonymous source last night and I changed my tight end to Kate Auden. So hold on. Hold on. Here's why. My original play was David Ninjoku. Dolphins allow the fourth most fantasy points to tight ends. um, And Ninjoku's at four out of his last five games over 11 fantasy points. It's a great matchup. 
But the fact that he didn't practice yesterday, I texted our anonymous source and said, hey, can I use Kate Auden? I need a backup. And he said, yes. Um, he gets an F for that one. Um, he gets anyway, a beat down for that one. But he, does, one. he does. He does. Anyway, um, I'll give you one more. Um, the, I'm going I'll, to, I'll, I'll go on the Broncos stack again. Why not? Uh, the, Titans yeah. have, the, the Titans have allowed the six most fantasy points to tight ends. Now we have Greg Dulcich in his three games he's played in the NFL. I, he's a rookie. I'm pretty sure he's a rookie. And his three games he's played in the NFL, the tight end position are all over 11 fantasy points. I, I can't see that changing against the Tennessee Titans. So there's one that I like. Um, I like Cole Komet's matchup as well. I'm just naming guys at this point. Um, so, yeah, um, Nick, you could throw Kate out and on the graphic or Dulcich. I don't care. But th there are other plays that I like. But me and Nick both um, do like Kate Otten this week. Um, oh. For Kate Otten, Seattle has a lot of the most fantasy points at tight ends. And in, in the last three games, two of them, he's had over five targets with 60 yards. So he's a good play this week. Sweet. All right. Uh, all bus teams, Nick, who is your bus quarterback of the week? The Jets aren't playing this week, so you can't put a, whoever's playing the Jets. And I did look for a receiver or a quarterback, and I realized they were on bye, so couldn't couldn't use that. You violated them earlier in the show, and uh, I can't believe I have to do this because I do love this player. And I did stay strong on here and say, oh, this guy's way better than Burrow, and I still stand by it. But uh, he's not having a good fantasy year and not too good of a year as a quarterback. He's not having a good NFL year because uh, – just saying. Well, he's got some issues. We got He's got some issues. he got some offensive line issues. Yeah, he does. I'm, I'm, I, I, I'm aware of that. Three. I'm aware of that. Uh, so does Lamar Jackson, and he's still playing out of his mind. I'm just saying. They're around the same record. All right. Justin Herbert. Are I they? Love you dearly, but you've been bad for fantasy. He's the QB 13. He's only averaging 17 points per game. His receivers are not going to get open. Joshua Palmer, I love Joshua Palmer, but he's not getting open against San Francisco off the bye. It is going to be a very, very rough outing for Justin Herbert. They got one of the best front sevens in the league he's going to go up against, and his offensive line is completely dinged up. I think you're going to watch Austin Eckler catch 10 to 15 balls, and it's going to depend on how far he can take him after the catch because there is going to be no way he has time, and those receivers are not talented enough to create enough separation for Herbert to deliver a good day. It's literally going to be the, the Gerald Everett and uh, Austin Eckler check down show. Cause that's all I think the, that they're going to be able to do in this matchup. It's going to be incredibly rough. And this is the first time I think I would genuinely pivot off Herbert this year. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I have Kirk Thuggins as my bust of the week. He's facing the bills. Uh, one of the toughest teams against quarterbacks, arguably the toughest team against quarterbacks in terms of stats, they're the third toughest team against quarterbacks. Um, it's also in Buffalo that that's bad for Kirk Cousins. Only one quarterback has over 15 fantasy points against the Bills this season. Do you know who it is? No, I don't. It's Patrick Mahomes. Oh, it's our the, the best quarterback of our generation. <laughs> so aside from that, the other eight quarterbacks they face have had less than 15 fantasy points. I don't see Kirk um getting any more than that so I, I think it's a bad bad week for Kirk Cousins now he is playing at one o'clock though I thought this was a Sunday night game and the, the, the way that I found out this wasn't a Sunday night game is because my note had that he was playing in prime time and then I looked at the schedule and he wasn't so um he's got a slight chance but I I don't think so okay who's your first running back bust of the week I'm going with James Connor. The Rams have been a top 10 team against running backs this year, and James Conner hasn't gone over 12 points since week one. You might be able to say, all right, well, he's been hurt for half the year. Okay, so he's been hurt for half the year, and he's still played five games outside of that. So he has not looked good, and this year he's only got one touchdown. The reason he was so fantasy productive last year is because he finished with over 20. 
Uh, now he's going up against Aaron Donald and Bobby Wagner. There's no shot I'm giving it to him. He only had seven carries last week and 19 receiving yards. The five targets and five catches made up for it, but that's a lot of bad metrics to bank on him catching some check downs for him to get to double-digit points against one of the best defenses in football. All right. My first running back bust of the week, and this could really, really blow up in my face. I have Kenneth Walker over there in Germany as a bust wow. of the week. I am very worried about the Seahawks game um, for a couple reasons. The first being for Kenneth Walker himself, the Bucs are the fifth toughest D against the run. Um, why would they not just try to shut down Kenneth Walker and then let Geno beat them? And Geno's been good this year. I've given him his flowers, but um, you know, a Pete Carroll system has to run through running the football, and if they shut that down, then he has to pivot off of that. On top of that, three of Walker's four games have come against teams that have given up a lot of points to running backs, the Cardinals twice and the Chargers, both within the top 10 of allowing points to running backs. The fourth team was the Saints, and I, I think he had a long run against the Saints, but aside from that, I don't. he looked good, but he didn't look as good as he looks now. Now, I, I'm worried about the game in general as a Seahawks fan. Um, I, I feel like the Bucks got the drive they needed last week. They got the big win they needed. I wouldn't be surprised if they got smoked on Sunday. I really wouldn't. Um, if the Bucs are going to turn their season around, this is a game they win probably pretty handedly. And, and I could be wrong. I, I believe in the Bucs and the Rams the entire season, and I refuse to not believe in either of those mm -hmm. teams. But anyway, um, for Kenneth Walker to have a good game, I feel like he has to have over 15 fantasy points at, the, at this point, which is a compliment to him as, as, as a rookie. And I don't think he has over 15 this week. That's fair. Who was your second running back bust of week 10? I'm going with Devin Singletary, someone that ends up on the, one of the sides of these lists far too often. But I'm going to keep it short and sweet. Minnesota's very good against the running back. Um, since the bye, he's had two games, and both those games have been under 10 points. So it's pretty much going to be touchdown or bust in a good matchup. And there's a slight chance that Allen doesn't play, and if he is playing, um, that he's not going to be as effective as, tip, as he typically is. So that says that there's not a lot of upside for him to wind up finding the end zone. And I'm very scared that James Cook is coming. He looks very, very good. He looks a lot better than Devin Singletary. He looks like the best running back that Josh Allen has had in his career. I decided the LaShawn McCoy a year or two. But anyway, like I, I'm not confident that Devin Singletary is going to be the RB1 going forward. I looked, I traded him in the, the two leagues that I had him. Um, he's someone that I just don't want to own anymore. Um, he does have the potential if he does find the end zone, which would be great. But if not, uh, I th I'm afraid you're going to be cooked with him in your lineup. I have Aaron Jones, who's coming off the ankle sprain. He was in a walking boot on Sunday. I believe he's practiced this week and plans to play, but he's facing the Cowboys defense, third best team against running backs. I, I could see this game them pivoting more towards, um, um, what's his name? Um, the backup. Why can't I think of his name right now? AJ Dillon. Um, I could see them, you know, pivoting more to AJ Dillon due to Aaron Jones' injury. Um, AJ, AJ Dillon's more of a punisher and the Cowboys are a really physical team. I think that's the route they could go. And I'm not so sure Aaron Jones gets 15 fantasy points against a really tough defense. So that's why I'm going to put him on my bust uh, this week. Who is your first wide receiver bust of the week? I'm going with CD lamb. He's someone that you take too often. I do. I'm taking this time. I do. See, he's uh, been on my list like half the times this season. And uh, you've been fairly accurate when you've been on the right side of it, because he has seven straight games of over 10, uh, 10 fantasy points. Um, so a bust would really mean it's under 10 points, and does he um, go under that? Well, Jair Alexander has been very, very good this year. Um, and the Cowboys, they don't trust C.D. Lamb. There's a reason they're looking for Odell Beckham. It's not just to get better. It's because they need a playmaker at wide receiver, and that's just not C.D. Lamb. Um, his stat line, 
I think that I have a very good comp for him. I'm thinking Allen Robinson in his years in Jacksonville, where he was just out, like he was outperforming bad quarterback play. And that's what CD lamb is doing with a better quarterback. So I'm not going to say it's that, but the workload and the numbers are what's making up first fantasy points. Um, and in a tougher matchup like this, that's where Allen Robinson tended to struggle. So um, for me, I don't think that he's a good play. I don't want to bench him because of how consistent he's been, but I do want to temper the expectations. If you have someone um, that you're debating like a high upside flex play or, a, or a, or a safe floor guy, I think I would take, I would rather partner CD lamb up with the high, uh, the high ceiling play this week. Okay. My first wide receiver bust is going to be Curtis Samuel facing the Philadelphia Eagles defense at the test 10 toughest two wide receivers. <clears throat> it's also a road game um, on the road. Uh, the Eagles have only given up two touchdowns. To, I mean, um, well, it's on the road for Samuel, at least at home, the Eagles have only given up two wide receivers. Uh, I mean, two touchdowns, two wide receivers. On top of that, it's going to be a different quarterback playing against the Eagles. Taylor Heineke, uh, Carson Wentz played against them week three. This is going to be Heineke. I think it's a really bad matchup. For basically everybody on the commanders, um, Curtis Samuel as well. I, I would bust him this week. Um, he's been a solid flex play for the entire season, but this week is a, it's a rough one. I don't want any part of Darius Slay or uh, James Bradbury. Who's your second wide receiver uh, bust of the week? So I'm going to be honest. I told you McCole Hardman as my lock of the week, and he was supposed to be my question guy for you. Um, so I've kind of had to make an audible, and I have to make it a question on the spot, but I will make a question um, about this bust wide receiver that I have. Over the last five games, he scored sub-11 points. He was drafted within the top five rounds of your draft. Um, he only has uh, one game over double digits in that span. He's getting phenomenal workload and target share, very similar to what DJ Moore got last year, but he is not seeing the uh, Deontay the, Johnson. The yep, absolutely. That was a pretty easy one, but uh, uh, I, I'm sorry. McCole Hardman, I don't know if you would have got that one, but you, you got the Deontay Johnson right on the head. Are, are you still busting Deontay Johnson? Are yeah, you, I am Michael busting Hardman? Deontay Johnson. I mean, Michael Hardman or no? No, no, no. McCole Hardman's a lock. Sorry, I might have made that confusing. McCole oh. Hardman's my, my, one of my starts of the week. Deontay oh, okay, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, so... Deontay Johnson has been absolutely abysmal with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. His first game was at Buffalo with Pickett, and he had 13 targets, five catches. Next week, five catches. Next week, five catches. Next week, five catches. He's getting pretty much double that in targets. So you're telling me that you have a quarterback with 50% accuracy. Um, his depth of target or depth of catch is only eight yards. So if you're telling me he's going to get five catches and it's going to be for 40 yards, which is what the math would equate to five catches times eight per reception. You know, you're looking at a nine point game without a touchdown and he has not scored a touchdown this entire season. So I think Deontay Johnson belongs comfortably with a seat on your bench. I don't care about the workload anymore. I believe in the talent of him, but th this quarterback play has been awful. And now you give him a matchup like the new Orleans Saints who are not great against wide receiver, um, but they are, do have an elite front seven that will be run chasing Kenny Pickett around for the entire game. I have Gabriel Davis. Uh, Josh Allen may not play, whether he does or not. I think this is a bad matchup for Gabriel Davis, especially if he doesn't play. Back-to-back -back games, he's only had five fantasy points. Out of the nine games I believe he's played this season, I think they've played nine games. Um, he has four. I think he missed two of them, but he has four games under 10 fantasy points. Um, he's a definition of boomer bust. The matchup would be great against the Vikings. They do give up a lot of points to wide receivers, but with the Allen injury, it really does just scare me. So with that said, um, I would keep him on the bench this week. There's so many other options out there with wide receiver. I, I think Gabriel Davis is one to keep on your bench uh, this week. Who do you got as your first flex bust? 
I'm going with Adam Thielen. Um, I don't know if you're uh, – yeah, I think he's a pretty good flex play. He's someone that we don't talk about often. Um, but the, he has two games since the bye week, which were identical, where he had like 60 yards and only a handful of catches. Um, and this week, uh, he is going up against the Buffalo Bills. And how did the Jets beat the Buffalo Bills? They kind of revealed a little bit of a game script, which is just run the ball. Like, don't complicate it. Run the ball. Like, put receivers in motion and just run the ball. And the uh, Vikings have exactly what you need for that. They have an athletic tight end in TJ Hawkinson um, that can move just uh, like uh, Tyler, uh, like a better version of Tyler Conklin. They have Justin Jefferson, who's phenomenal uh, from moving side to side across the field. KJ Osborne can do the same. And then Adam Thielen's role in the game is pretty much going to be go divert some corner and get some safety over the top to open up the field for Dalvin Cook to go do his thing. I think Alexander Madison could also play a role in this game. I wouldn't start him, but... I don't think it's the Thielen game. I think Thielen, there's there's games that are made for him, and there's games that not that are not. I don't think Buffalo is the matchup for him. All right. Nick, I am not riding uh, this Bronco. I will ride the rest of that offense, but Melvin Gordon, you're hitting the bench. I'm not sure how much confidence I have in playing any Denver running back. It's a running back by committee. They kind of ride the hot hand, but don't ride the hot hand it's just kind of substituting guys and seeing what happens. Um on top of that, Latavius Murray's been getting the goal line works. That means that Melvin Gordon doesn't have a high chance at a touchdown. It's 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 almost like he's in the Jamal Williams role without the touchdown uh, upside. With that said, he's been inconsistent in two of his last four games. He's at under eight fantasy points. That's really, really bad. They're also facing the Tennessee Titans, who are the fourth best team against running backs. So it's a bad matchup, bad committee situation. He's an older back. Um, there's nothing to like over there. Um, I, I would bench all Denver backs this week, including Melvin Gordon. Who is your second flex bust of the week? I'm going with Joshua Palmer. I know you said he's a he's a good play, but actually, I don't I don't think he's a good play this week. He's going up. Yeah, when him. I when I remember the matchup, I'm like, ah, <laughs> I'm not going to play him in my dynasty week. Yeah, so I I love Palmer. You go, no, I do. I've been on his train for two years, and he's finally getting his opportunity. But to me, he's still just a flex play. Like he is a flex play, and it depends on who you got the matchup with. And San Francisco isn't the good matchup. I know he's seeing a ton of workload in production. Um, and he might be the most trusted and he definitely, well, he definitely is going to be the most trustable receiver out there, but I don't want to play him in this matchup. San Francisco has been elite and has been loaded at wide receiver. I think Herbert's going to be running a lot this game. Uh, like I said, I do. I think the game script is going to be very simple. We're checking down to Gerald Everett and we're checking down to Austin Eckler. It's the safest way that they can compete in this game. And I can't see them really burning the top off of them with that, that poor defensive line. So Palmer's got the workload, but it's kind of like Deontay Johnson again, where it's like you have the workload, but am I going to want to play you in these tougher matchups or like CD lamb actually, where you have the workload and do I want to play you in tougher matchups? Probably not. I think you still have to force him out on your team um, because the workload is there, but it's not the game that I want from him. All right. My last flex bust of the week is Brandon Cooks, a guy I haven't been high on since day one this season, and just still I'm not high on. Um, he's facing the New York Giants, fourth best team against wide receivers. In four out of seven games he's played, he's at under 10 fantasy points. On top of that, he seems both mentally and physically out of it. Um, from a physical standpoint, he has a wrist injury, which could affect his catching in some way or form. And from a mental standpoint, he wanted a trade, he expected a trade, didn't get a trade, and sat last week. Um, I just don't see him coming back and be like, all right, I'm going to go for a hundred yards and have a really good game. Like it just doesn't feel like that's going to happen. So, um, I think he's a big time bench this week. Um, I don't think he's been playable for most of the season, but I think this is 
a really bad matchup for him. Um, I know there's bye weeks and stuff, but I think you could find a better play um, than Brandon Cooks. Who is your tight end bust of the week? Going with a guy you all, you, everybody knows I love this man. I made a bet with uh, the, the third guy that was on our, our podcast last year that he would have to shave his beard if he went over 25. It's Dalton Schultz, but I don't love him in this matchup. Um, the Packers are top three against the tight end position. And plain and simple, when you see a matchup like that against tight ends, especially average ones, um, you you don't risk it. You don't play them. Um, Schultz has been phenomenal this year when Dak has been playing, so I do think that there is the upside there, but it, it's quite simple. Average tight end against a team that's good against tight ends, you don't play them. I, I, and, and the tight end position has been pretty deep this year, so I do think that there are better plays than other guys you can get away with, like a Greg Dulcich or a Kate Auden like we discussed. I'd rather rather... Um, probably ride the the Taysom Hill bandwagon and try and chase the upside because I don't think Schultz is going to have a lot of upside unless he finds the end zone this week. Nick, I got a question for you. Who, oh, I get a question. You get a question. Who allows the least amount of fantasy points to tight ends? Mm, I don't know. What Tell team? Me. What team have I busted against the entire season when it comes to tight ends? Is it New, or- New Orleans? It right? is New Orleans. Yes. I, I, I keep going back to it, and I'm right every single week. Um, they have not allowed a tight end to go over double digits this week. They are the number one team against tight ends. Isaiah Likely last week, I think it was the first drive, had a touchdown. And I said to myself, shit, I just told people not to play Isaiah Likely because <laughs> – I uh, remember this. That's now, right. do you know what Isaiah Likely's stat line was last He year? finished with 9.4, right? He was Eight one points. catch for five yards and a touchdown. <laughs> yes, any player can get lucky and score a touchdown. I don't care who you are. You could be the wide receiver five. I remember his last year, I think the Bucks wide receiver five, I think, scored like a 70-yard touchdown to win a game. Maybe it was – actually, no, I think it was week three or something against Atlanta. My, mm-hmm. or, or no, it was – um. Was it Scotty Miller? New Orleans. No, no, no. It was it was a guy I can't even name at this time. Rashad Perriman, maybe. Maybe. That's my a, point that's being, my point being, you have to be really talented to play in the NFL. I'm not taking away anything, but anybody can score a touchdown any single week. If you were on offense, you could score a touchdown. Even if you're a fullback or an offensive lineman, it can happen. So Isaiah likely scoring a touchdown last week doesn't phase me on the Saints defense. They were phenomenal because they didn't get another catch the whole freaking game. They're great against tight ends. They're phenomenal. They're facing Pat Fryermuth this week. I know there's reports coming out that Kenny Pickett's going to rely more on him. He's going to get more work. I don't care. They guard the tight end well, and Kenny Pickett sucks. He's really, really bad. If you were to draft all 32 quarterbacks for the rest of the season, I, I think Kenny Pickett's in the bottom three, four. Like, yeah. Yeah, like I, I don't think I think he's the bottom three or four quarterbacks drafted. And, and it, again, this hypothetical scenario where you only took thirty-two, you have to pick one of the thirty-two starters. Um, so with that said, they're just going to take away Fiery Muth, and they're going to lose by like twenty points. Um, it, it's going to be messy. It's going to be really, really messy. So um, I think Fiery Muth's an awesome play the rest of the year, but this week you have options, and Fiery Muth is not one of them. Let's go into flex on them. Um, I like this segment a lot. I think I'm. I haven't seen any other podcasts do it. I think that's why I kind of like it a lot. It's our original one. All right. We're going to go game by game, give you one player from each team that we think you could play in your flex spot. And we're going to tell you which one we'd rather play. It's a rapid fire flex on them segment. 9.30 a.m. in Germany, Tyler Lockett or Chris Godwin? Love both as a play, but I'm always going to lean with Tom Brady's receiver. Give me Godwin. Yeah, I'm with you on that. I'll go with Godwin. The one o'clock slate, starting off with uh, the Vikings and the Bills, Adam Thielen or Gabriel Davis? 
both of our busts. I was gonna bust Gabe Davis as well, but chose not to because I'd be called a hater. But I'm I'm gonna take uh I will take Gabe Davis in this matchup. I'll, I'll take Thielen in this one. <laughs> All right, uh, Jamal Williams or David Montgomery. I'm also assuming Jamal Williams is the lead back in this one. Um, I'm gonna go with Montgomery because Jamal Williams will need the touchdowns, and I do think that they can come in this game. But I think David Montgomery has so much upside on the ground. I'm gonna go with Jamal Williams because I, I boomed him on my team. Cortland Sutton or Robert Woods. Um, the Titans are never going to have a flexible player. So yep, it, this they, they're like one of the they're like one of three teams that just sucks for this segment. Yeah, Christian Kirk. Here, here I got a good question. We'll, uh, we'll switch yeah, it up. Which yeah. defense would you rather play, Denver or the Titans? Because I think both are going to be played in in a lot of leagues. I'll, I'll play Denver. I think I'm playing Denver in three leagues. I, I have to believe this is the game where the, the Broncos kind of sort of turn it around. I, I'm going to go with Denver as well. I would be shocked if Robert Woods had more than one catch because Sotan is going to be on him. Yeah, the Tennessee front seven is really good, by the way. So, yeah. yeah. Um, Christian Kirk or Juju Smith-Schuster? I, I just realized that we both have a boom. So, um, can I think of another one real quick off the top of my head? I mean... Well, I have Hardman, too. I mean... Well, ETN's a lock. No, I mean, this is... Probably- it is good plays, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, they're good plays. I mean, we're both we're playing both. I would. Yeah, that, that, that's all we got. They're good plays. I, I would lean Juju yeah. over Kirk as well, though. All so. right, um, Amari Cooper or Jalen Waddle. As much as I love Cooper, I'm not turning away Waddle. He's been too good. I'm with you on that. Um, the Dolphins are a really top heavy team. I guess they do have Jeff Wilson. Um, would you rather play Jeff Wilson or Donovan Peoples Jones? Let's try to make it a little more even. I know you have Jeff Wilson on your boom team, but I like both the plays. I think I'll go with Wilson again, though. Okay. Um, what is Miami allowed to wide receivers? I'm just curious. The Dolphins have allowed the ninth ninth or eleventh. Okay. They're they're in the third around the top ten. Um I'll go Donovan Peoples Jones only because I'm worried about the Miami committee situation and riding the hot hand over there because that's what they used to do in San Francisco. How about Brandon Cooks or Wandale Robinson? Wandale Robinson easily. I play Wanda Robinson as well. This is a fantasy purgatory for this matchup. It, <laughs> it's it's bad. It's Saquon and the rest. Yep. Chris Olave or Deontay Johnson? This is such an easy one. Yeah, it's Olave. Olave. The Saints are another one that don't really have a flex guy because Olave's not a flex guy at this point. Um, he probably yeah. is on your team because you drafted him so late, but he's he's a top 10 fantasy wide receiver. On to the four o'clock games. Michael Pittman or Mac Hollins? Um, oh, this is tough. I wish I knew who was playing quarterback. For yeah, him. that's exactly. I think if it were Matt Ryan at quarterback, I'd go with Pittman. If not, I'd go Hollins. I'm, I'm, exactly. Yep, I agree. Ezekiel Elliott or Aaron Jones? Oof. Jerry loves Zeke. I'm going with it. They want to feed him. He's going to get the volume. He always does. I would take Jones, but I don't I don't like either play. Somebody has to play one of these two backs. James Conner or Daryl Henderson? Oh, shit. That's that's another tough one. I'll play Connor. You did, you did, you did spot on with this week. Like, you have great ones this week. Um, I'm going to go. I would lean on Connor, even though I don't want to. Here's one more. Rondell Moore or Allen Robinson? Rondell Moore. I think I'd do that one pretty easily. Okay. Yeah, I will as well. Sunday Night Football. Joshua Palmer or Brandon Ayuk? It's another good one. I'll take Palmer's guaranteed workload. I think it's going to be the CMC run on him day. Yeah, I'll go with that. Um, one more for you, Gerald Everett or George Kittle. I don't like Kittle going up against Derwin James. That's like 
a match. I also don't, I also don't like that they spread, the, they spread the ball around so much over there. I think I might want to play Everett because the workload might be a little more guaranteed. If I had it on my actual team, there's no way I would bench Kittle. Kittle, but, yeah. But, like, uh, if he out, got outscored by him, I wouldn't be surprised. One more. Jimmy Garoppolo or, or Justin Herbert? Oh, I hate you. Give me Herbert. I, I'm not taking Jimmy. Jimmy. I'm taking Jimmy Garoppolo. Ugh. I think the Chargers have been bad against quarterbacks. Let's no, see. You're not wrong. They're bad against everything. I told you they're one of the worst defenses in the league. Quarterbacks they're open. They're actually okay against, but to right. be hey, I, like I said, I don't want to give Herbert too much slack because nothing on his team has been good outside of him. You, you're right. You're right on that, <laughs> but he's got to make up for that anyway. No, 100. Um, that is our show for this week, guys. Our Friday show. Thank you so much for listening. If you're listening on an audio streaming podcast, whether um, platform, whether it's iTunes or Spotify, please give us a five star rating and a review. If you're watching this video on YouTube, please drop a like on it. Hit that subscribe button to the channel. We appreciate that so so much. Thank you for that. Um, aside from that, um, the next time you hear from us is our live show this Sunday. Please join us. We appreciate you guys asking your questions, sharing those links, letting your friends know. Um, yeah, let your leagues know, let your friends know, share the love of the primetime fantasy podcast. We'll be live Sunday, 8 30 a.m. Eastern time, Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Our Facebook and YouTube is primetime fantasy podcast. The Twitter is primetime FF pod. Your best opportunity to ask those questions, to get your fantasy advice, and to let us help you win your, your leagues and your week 10 matchups. Thank you guys for listening. We'll see you Sunday, 8.30 a.m. for our morning show for week 10.